0: Hello, everybody in the Kings Verse. This is Johnny Johnston IV coming at you from Houston, Texas. And you're listening to The Kings of the Ring. You're listening to the Kings of the Ring Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to The Kings of the Ring a fictional wrestling saga inspired by the real-life stories of the 1980s pro wrestling era, written and produced like an ensemble cast cable drama or soap opera, following the rise and fall of the kings or power brokers of the wrestling industry, while offering a peek into the sex, drugs, and muscles lifestyle of the 80s wrestler. Kings of the Ring is primarily a listener-supported show, and I want to give props to the top guys of Patreon, Deshaun Brown Ronnie Miller Stuart Flaherty Sam Hollingsworth Duncan Clark John Johnston IV Tusi Mailo Jeremiah DeBolt John Snyder Justin Taylor Matthew Rogers Michael Sluck Jerry Guzman Randy Larzalier Russ Linderman Yosemite Smith and Dom Rose That's right, the same Dominique Rose one half of the Jivetown Express Tag Team in SCW. If you are a top guy or top girl for Kings of the Ring, will use your name for a character in the Kings of the Ring audio drama and the novels. Kings of the Ring is intended for mature audiences. Today's episode would be rated M.A. for profanity, smoking, and disgusting graphic sexual dialogue. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kings of the Ring. all the bidders for your participation. With that final bid, the Hotland Pro Wrestling Company all of its wrestlers, World Wrestling Alliance membership, syndicated network television package, all production crew, all ring equipment, studio equipment, championships, title belts, production cameras, television contracts, and office equipment and leases has been officially awarded to... Hawkins Promotions out of Charlotte. Congratulations, Danny Boy. You are the new owner of Hartman Pro Wrestling. Daniel Hawkins hangs up the phone in the SCW offices, unsure of what he did and what he got caught up in. You own the Carolinas, Virginia, Georgia, Florida, and now Kansas and Missouri, including the crown jewel of the entire World Wrestling Alliance, St. Louis. It was a bit more than I expected to pay. My sister's not going to be happy when she finds out. But you beat Julian Kane twice. First when I had to sell you SCW, and now outbidding him for Heartland. I only wish we were there in person to see the look in his face when we broke him. I know, Jesse, but, but there's still a lot of money. Look up, Danny boy. With Heartland syndication package, plus our cable reach on WVBS, we are becoming a national company.
0: KHLR is on board,
1: right? What did we promise them? Well, we we'll have to run some shows at the Chase, plus St. Louis once a month, uh, but we'll use a smaller keel auditorium for most of them. That's a 10,000-seater. And save the 20,000-seat Checker dome, uh, I mean St. Louis Arena, for the big But even without Dinah Gold, we got more momentum than anybody. Excuse me, Jesse. Hello? Congratulations, Daniel. Julian? I was notified that you're
0: the new owner of Heartland Pro Wrestling. That's quite a collection of territories you're amassing, even if you don't have much to show for it. You know what? Bite the big one, Julian. You're just chewing on sour grapes because you couldn't keep up and we beat you. Oh, contraire, mon frere. I didn't even bid. What? I don't need Heartland, KPLR, or anything they have to offer to promote in Missouri or Kansas. I'm already the only national company with the America Channel and we'll get syndication on other stations in no time. It's, it's bullshit. Why don't you ask St. Louis Arena on Kemper Arena? I just booked dates for both venues next month. Impossible. Oh, but it's very possible, young Daniel. Our America Channel ratings are already strong in those markets. So you weren't bidding for Heartland? No, I wasn't, Daniel. But I figured I'd let you all think I was if I could get you to cough up a few more bucks. I told you you'd choke on that million you burned for Atlanta. And now, this? What'd this cost you? Another million? It was only six hundred... None of your damn business! Six hundred grand! Whoa! I don't think those hillbilly fans in Charlotte can buy enough tickets to cover those kind of losses. Who'd you have to outbid, anyway? Some used car salesman in Topeka, trying to buy his way into the Alliance? (laughs) Nice going, sucker.
1: (laughs) Fuck! Julian said he wasn't even bidding! Bullshit. He's bluffing.
0: No, he didn't need to. He already booked shows at St. Louis Arena and Kansas City.
1: Jesse takes off his Rangers baseball cap and scratches his sweaty head. What? I didn't even think that was possible. That's not the way things are done. Apparently it's how they're done now, if you're national. Which we're going to be, Danny boy. We're going to have to be, or my sister will have my nuts in a vice. But what's bugging me is, if it wasn't Julian,
0: who the hell was I beating
1: against? Charlie Gotch, asleep on his lazy boy in the den, glasses on his face, newspaper <laughs> splayed <laughs> out on <laughs> his
0: chest. <laughs> Yellow. We lost. Birds? I couldn't hang after the hammer price got to 550. Yeah, oh, shit. We only had 500 to offer anyway. There was one bidder left at 600,000. And I just couldn't stand to hear them announce Julian Kane as the winner. So I walked out of the joint.
1: Well, it's over now. We tried. Maybe we should have brought in Hawkins and Crenshaw, put together a stronger bid. Might have kept Hartley and Emmy Alliance. And now fucking Julian Kane's got it.
0: Yeah. Fucking Julian Kane.
1: Kings of the Ring, episode 32 Farewell to the Innocent. Corporal Punishment sits on a steel chair in the dressing room of Joe Louis Arena in Detroit, ice pack on the back of his neck. Looking down at his paycheck in amazement, thinking of how different things were before Hasbro offered him that damn toy line that got him fired, and how he had to grovel to get his job back just for this. Hey brother, staring at it ain't gonna make it any bigger. (laughs) The big Samoan Tama, now known as Kong, laughs at him while he dries himself off with a towel Jerry gets up and walks over to Louis the Greek, who's handing out the last of these checks to the Bronx Bombers. Seriously, Louis, This is the smallest payoff I ever got here. Ever. Let you pay off, Jerry. If it don't look right, you talk to Julian. He nods, walks back, and stuffs the check into his bag. Hey, and don't change out of your gimmick. You need to cut your promo. Go find the room. Gary King wait for you. You up next. Louis, Louis, can I talk to you for a sec, my Mediterranean brother? You're looking good, old man. You look young. You got a new young girlfriend, don't you? You heard about my Lulu? Yes, I see this girl. We go out dancing, a uh, night on town, uh, whatever she like. Good for you, Louis. Got to keep the juices flowing, eh? <laughs> yes. So how's my favorite Italian? Yeah, uh, need a draw, a draw. How much you need? Uh, 25 G's. What? I just gave you draw last month. And I paid it back. Every fucking penny. Just last night in Worcester. And it only 2,000. Come on, Louis, It's a small advance. You know I'll make it back in no time. <laughs> no, you won't. Uh, if you make me Intercontinental Champ, I will. Uh, yeah, that's the ticket. Turn me heel on Tommy Aloha. Make me Champ. We can headline a whole string of M B shows you're gambling again, aren't you? That's why you need draw. Yeah. yeah, so what? I'm just on a little cold streak, that's all. Help me out, Louis. Louis looks at him, figuring him out. No, Tarzan. You work a match and get pay like everyone else. You need to stop this gamble. You know what? Go fuck another goat, you greasy Greek ass fucker. Tarzan storms off before turning around and looking at Louis grabbing his crotch. Your mother... My legs! Donnie! Donnie, Donnie Gold <laughs> wakes up where he does every day now, in a hospital bed, half asleep from the medications he's on. But today, something different. Seated in the room are the outlawed Jesse James and Daniel Hawkins. <laughs> oh, oh guys, aren't you safe for You really here? I know you ain't got family to speak of, Donnie, so we've been checking in on you. Jesse can see how foggy Donnie looks. You know where you are? What happened? Yeah. My plane crashed, my legs are broken. But no, Donnie that your legs ain't broken, but they ain't working right. On account of your back, it's broke. You're very lucky Donnie, the rat you were with is fine, just bumps and bruises. But the pilot was killed, and so was Waylon. I know Daniel, I remember. Epic stupid Indian, should have been me. It's normal to feel that way Donnie. But no, no, you don't understand. That would have been me. We switched seats. What are you talking about? I was supposed to sit in the front seat of that tin can you get for us. I was just dying for a blowjob from Bambi. I mean, she's the best in the territory. So I talked Waylon into switching seats with me. (laughs) Now look at me paying the price for that. My back's broken. stuck in this hospital. What? We well, instead dead because you wanted a blowjob? Jesse is taking aback at Donnie's words, too. Uh, uh yes, sir, Donnie. Uh, but I think we should let you get some rest. Uh, well, someone will be back to check in on you. Kings of the Ring will return after these messages.
0: No little cinnamon gum freshens breath longer than Big Red. So kiss a little longer. and I wanted to thank you for all your nice compliments on our new Bartles and James Premium Wine Cooler. We are glad you like it, or maybe relieved is a better word. By the way, if you're planning any major wine cooler purchases soon and you haven't yet found our cooler in your store's coal box, you should probably hold up on your plans for a day or two. The new Bartles and James Cooler will be there soon and you might as well have the best. Thank you again for your support. Unusual
1: Pets, Monday at 7.30 Now return to Kings of the Ring At the Scope in Norfolk, Virginia The SCW locker room may be without Diamond Donnie Gold But thanks to Daniel Hawkins' newest acquisition Is home to an influx of new faces Working their first shows for Southeast Championship Wrestling El Lobo is the classic luchador, a broad body like a sack of sugar stuffed into a suit, his mask with furty cheeks and little triangles on top to represent ears, all to create the face of a wolf. He makes a beeline straight to the lovely golden haired Miss Kitty, who sits on a chair smoking a cigarette, long legs and a leather skirt with red high heels. Encantada de conocerte, mi amor, signora Kitty. I am. She barely gives him a glance as she puffs away on her Winston. You are even more beautiful in person than my own dreams. I must reward this beauty with a promise. And that promise is to make love to you. And when I do this, you will climax like you never had before. You will wail and sing like an alley cat howling in the moonlight. This I promise you. He opens his Halliburton suitcase and pulls out two wine glasses and puts them on the table and fills them. I will even show you my face. And when I show you my face, you will become so overwhelmed with passion to see my chiseled jaw, my thin mustache, that your pussy will become moist. She turns to him and raises an eyebrow. And when I smile, oh, when I smile, Your moist pussy will transform into a wet pussy. This, I promise.
0: Listen here, El Lobo.
1: Mmm. I can tell you like this. How's that? I can smell your pussy from here. And I like it.
0: Oh, sweet Jesus.
1: He sets down one of the wine glasses in front of her as he swirls his glass. That is the true reason why they call me El Lobo. I have the heightened senses of a wolf, which allows me, he lifts his glass to his nose, a certain advantages over mortal men.
0: Like smelling my pussy with all my clothes on? Eh,
1: Among other things, she's amused. What else? I am hung like a wolf.
0: Are wolves even well hung?
1: And I will attack your pussy like a wolf. And then I will pee on the bed. Wait, what? I am a wolf, after all. I need to mark my territory. What the hell? Oi, you make it sound weird. Uh, you're making me self-conscious, please, Miss Katie.
0: Well, that is fucking weird. No, no,
1: no, no, nonsense. It is all part of the experience of making love with El Lobo. Um, no thanks.
0: Come on, Lobo, beat it. Show some class.
1: Kenny West walks over and shoes El Lobo away while rubbing baby oil on his physique. El Lobo steps away and does the call me gesture to Kitty as she rolls her eyes and blows a smoke ring. Sorry about that, Miss Kitty. There's some real sleazy jerks in this business, and that Lobo, he's the shits anyway.
0: Don't worry, I can take care of myself.
1: Oh, I I know it, baby. Your reputation precedes you. I'm just trying to be a gentleman. He smiles.
0: You another one of the guys from St. Louis?
1: Yep, me, El Lobo, bunch of us but I'm the only one who really counts. Feast your eyes on the best, Kenny West.
0: The best, eh? (laughs) That's a pretty good gimmick.
1: Hey, it's more than a gimmick, sweetheart. I am the best. As in, he looks around to make sure no one else is listening. In the sack, he leans in. Hey, honey, I get so hard. I can hammer a nail through a two by four with my sausage. You wanna see it, honey? She turns and grabs him by the balls and squeezes extra hard, her nails digging into his scrotum.
0: Ah, oh, please, 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 Kitty, let go. You just watch yourself, Kenny West. In case you didn't know, I am a happily married woman. And if you talk to me like that again, I am going to hammer a nail straight through your sausage. You want to see that, honey?
1: <laughs> no, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. She lets go and he walks off, clutching his groin, while she laughs to herself. Luscious Ronnie Miller is choking Gabriel Angel against the ropes, his medium-length bleached blonde hair pressed on his face in contrast to his dark brown beard, while the referee tries to pry him off. The referee argues with Miller in his black cotton tights with white stars sewn onto his butt as Gabriel sells his neck. The opportunistic Luscious One grabs Gabriel from behind, pushes him into the ropes, and whips him across the ring. Gabriel reverses the whip, sending Ronnie Miller into the ropes instead. As Luscious Ronnie bounces off, Gabriel ducks down and backdrops him. The sweat soaked Gabriel looks to the fans of Little Rock, Arkansas, who feed him with their cheers. As Ronnie slowly gets to his feet, Gabriel winds up his arm like Popeye and blasts him with a big punch. When the Southern Rebels appear in the aisle, walking to the ring, stalking Gabriel Angel like their prey. As Ronnie clutches his face, as if he was checking if his nose was still attached, Denny Wayne, Cooter, and Dicky move closer to the ring. The referee warns them to stay away while Denny looks to his boys and signals them with his eyes, as all three move up to the apron on all sides of the ring. Gabriel turns in all directions, unable to decide who to face, which would leave him vulnerable to the other two. The Rebels, doing exactly as they warned on TV last week, as they skulk closer to the ropes, reminding fans that Gabriel's brother Michael is long gone. When suddenly, Apollo Samson runs to the ring. He slides in and stands back to back with Gabriel Angel, fist pumping, and the fans go wild. The leader of the Southern Rebels, Den Wayne, reassesses the situation and calls his boys off and they skedaddle. While Gabriel riles up the fans, gesturing to Apollo with his thumb, giving his endorsement to All-South's newest superstar. In a small town outside of Charlotte, the friends and family of Wayland Thorpe are saying goodbye in his humble home coffin is set up in the living room, the TV cart pushed to the side. Neighbors, friends and some family and wrestlers stand throughout, paper plates in their hands with finger food and cans of Miller, Wayland's favorite beer. His smaller children running in and out of the house playing, while the older ones keep the coolers filled with ice, his teen daughters minding the food while Mrs. Thorpe speaks with the guests. One of these wrestlers, somewhat unexpected is Les Henderson from the Empire Wrestling Federation. He gives the widow, Thorpe, a big hug and a fat envelope. So Waylon's last boss, Daniel Hawkins, is in a circle in the kitchen with the Rocket Rollers, Vladimir Rykov, and the Jivetown Express. Bobby Lee Rivers asks, Hey, is that Les Henderson just walked in? Dominique Rose is getting heated. Now that motherfucker can kiss my converse. I can't believe he is a nerve to set foot anywhere in this state after selling Atlanta and getting all those us fired by that Julian Kane turkey. I need to walk away. The bigger of the two jive towns steps out the back door with his beer as Les Henderson walks over somberly. How you doing, guys? Daniel, full of piss and vinegar. Les Henderson, what the fuck are you doing here? Come on, brother. Just because I work for Empire don't mean I forgot where I came from. I booked Wayland and SCW. Worked against him, even teamed up with him. I love that man. Don't call me brother. You and Nigel sold this out to line your pockets for Julian Kane. You're probably just here to spy for Julian anyway. Find out what the boys are making and try to steal some more Alliance wrestlers, right? Come on, Daniel. It all worked out for you. I mean, you ended up with Atlanta and now St. Louis. And- Fuck you, Hendo. I had no choice. And I'm going to end up bankrupt just to keep the lines going because of you and your fucking butt. shit. Jesse James hears the commotion, as does Wayland Thorpe's widow, and he walks over. Daniel, show some respect. This ain't the time or the place. Hawkins bites his lip but can't calm down, the same time regretting he made that crack about being bankrupt, revealing that to one of Julian Stooges. Hendo? Jesse? Jesse nods to Henderson, then leads Hawkins out by the arm into another room. Davy Boy Givens, who's known everybody here for many years, reckoned Jesse to be just as pissed as Hawkins, but oddly enough wasn't at all, as if there was something strange or unspoken between the two. But before he can try to figure that out, Hendo shakes his hand. Hey David, I am sorry things went down like they did last summer, but happy to see you landing on your feet. Shit, I hear nothing but great things about the rock and roller gimmick. It's Walter on the bridge Hendo. I don't hold no grudge. I want you to meet my partner, Bobby Lee Rivers. Hendo and Bobby Lee shake hands softly. Good to meet you, Les. I'm a Marietta kid, so I grew up watching you. Thanks, kid. My friends call me Hendo. Honestly, guys, it feels good being down here, like I can relax. Well, other than Daniel. But I understand that whole deal stuck in his crawl. But up in New York, I mean, we're making money and all, but yeah, we could see how much money you're making. That's quite an envelope you gave Wayland's wife. Oh, that wasn't just me. He passed around the hat in the Empire locker room. Julian wouldn't give nobody the day off to be here. The corporate punishment, Killian, Michael, Tama, everybody. Waylon wasn't the biggest star, but to the boys, he was the best. Clyde Simmons raises his beer can. Amen to that. Jim Buck gave me a Rest of America check to give it to her, too. Waylon's probably getting the biggest payoff of his career tonight. God bless you, brother. He deserved it. Never complain about nothing. Shit. Waylon was still the CWA Mid-Atlantic champ when Daniel merged it with SCW, And they practically erased it from the history books, remember? Oh, clean forgot about that. Jesse booked a unification match with Bob Walker's national title on some random spot show. Barely mentioned it on TV. And when they told Waylon what was happening, his only words? How you want me to put him over, boss? Hendo uh, gets misty-eyed. That sounds like Waylon alright. Wasn't the best interview, but he was the best guy in the business. I don't know how long I can stay in here. My man Wayland's starting to stink in that coffin. Debbie told me his family's taking back the reservation. Besides, we don't believe in embalming our dead. What's this wee shit? I'm from the same tribe as Wayland. Sack and Fox. Well, you know, kayfabe. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just wait a goddamn minute here. You telling me up in New York, that spaghetti-slurping Goomba, Antonio Carlucci, Scragagachee, whatever, calls himself Chief Thunder, and you, a genuine red-blooded Indian, and you keep it a secret? Hey, it's a business. Jesse James tries to settle Daniel Hawkins down. The fucking nerve of Hendo to show his face here, after what he did to the fucking alliance. Now don't go pitching a fit. Control yourself. I'm sorry, you're right. Just because Hendo works for Julian now, it doesn't mean he's our enemy. Don't go judging a book by its cover. There's a lot going on. Things you don't understand. Things you don't need to understand.
0: What are you talking about? Uh,
1: never you mind Danny boy, we got bigger fish to fry right now. What do you mean? I don't mean nothing. Now what's got the burr in your sack? You been acting up before Hendo even got here. I don't know. I think just being here with Waylon, I can't stop thinking about what Danny Gold said. Did he really tell us he told Waylon to switch seats with him? So he could get a fucking blow job? And he's feeling sorry for himself? It should have been him that died, not Waylon. I don't care if he's our world champion. It is real life here. It's not fair. Now hold your horses, Daniel. Donnie's just uh, in shock. Uh, they've been pumping him up with all manner of drugs and IV tubes and whatnot. He don't know whether to shit or wind his watch right now. I know Donnie cared for Waylon. He's just a little scrambled. I don't care. That Donnie's a selfish son of a bitch. Keep your voice down. And all this shit Donna told us ain't something the boys need to hear right now. As they walk away, beautiful Barry Lovelace is standing behind them, eating a plate of Ritz crackers, hearing every word. Charlie Gotch on the large wooden deck of his log cabin mansion, overlooking his private lake on a late summer afternoon, trying to untangle a fishing line from its favorite pole. Dad, got another package for you from the office. Nellie steps out onto the deck, carrying a large brown paper-wrapped box. I really think you should let me open these first before you- Jabberwocky, I open our packages first. Not you, Freddie Fingler, anybody. Just me. Because I love to open packages. You know why? Yes, Dad, I know why. Ask me why. I already know why. Go on, ask me Dad. You say this every time. Just fucking ask me. Okay. Why do you love to get packages?
0: Because you never knew what you're gonna get. <laughs>
1: yeah, and the last package you got was our championship belt from Goliath, smeared in shit and period blood. Well, this obviously is too big to be a title belt, son. So we got nothing to worry about. He smiles as he unwraps it. Well, it might not be that, but it's marked from New York. Know anyway. so it. Who doesn't love New York? See, look, it's a picture frame. New York as an Empire Wrestling Federation, New York. He removes the last of the paper to reveal a blown up photograph from the Madison Square Garden locker room with the EWF Brain Trust standing arm in arm, all smiling and posing. Les Henderson, Nigel Davies, Louis the Greek, and in the middle, Julian Kane with the biggest smile you've ever seen with his arm wrapped around Charlie Gotch's longtime best friend, Hollywood Buddy Melrose. <laughs> that rat bastard. Julian is a major prick. Not him. I knew what a bastard Julian is, but I expected more from Buddy. Look at him, cozying up to Julian just to tease me, to taunt me. Buddy's just trying to move on, Pop. Make a living. Julian Kane is the one who sent this like the only person I've ever met who's genuinely evil. I mean, what's his fucking problem? He's already winning this damn wrestling war and he keeps coming after you. Eh, who knows? That boy was always disturbed. Julian Kane is eight years old in the living room of their three-story house in a row of homes in the heights in Jersey City playing with his green plastic army figures on the floor, fighting each other, in a bare knuckle tournament to see who's the toughest in the platoon. Young Julian has largely tuned out the noise from the dining room, his father and his friends, who come by the house a few times a year, and always so loud. High school-aged Sal Spinelli kicks the door open and walks over to Julian, standing over him, his faded mustache barely visible, trying so hard to look older. Hey, Julian, get the fuck up. Go get your old man a bottle of Jim Beam from the cellar. You hear me, numbnuts? Jim Beam, don't fuck this up you're getting a knuckle sandwich. Sal feigns a punch and young Julian cowers. (laughs) Heh, that's two for flinching. He punches the eight-year-old Julian in the arm twice, hard. His eyes water, but he refuses to cry. Leave me alone. Not in front of Sal. Go on, get the fuck out of here, you little pussy. Young Julian enters the large dining room through the swinging door, holding the fresh bottle of Jim Beam in his tiny hands, nervously walking. The elder friends of his father, while they chortle and laugh amidst clouds of cigarette smoke and the stink of booze in the air. He sees them all, the heads of the World Wrestling Alliance, all but Maggie Hawkins, the red-headed southern lady who never sticks around for these parts. Sal Spinelli, cigarette in hand, is leaned up against the wall on standby to get anything these men might need. He's talking to a younger wrestler who works for his father, bragging about how great he'll be once he finishes his training here he is about fucking time small fry fill me up the gigantic living cowboy burt ironside a mountain of a man slams his glass down startling julian never mind him boy i'll take the bottle the oldest man of the group based on being the only one with gray hair says to julian fuck off gilmore let the boy do it julian is trembling unable to focus but takes off the cap, tips the bottle, and pours it. He looks across the table to his father, who is talking with the elegant, thin man with the English accent, uh, Nigel. The laughing and noise seem louder than ever to him. He just wants to go back to his toys. Oh, come on, boy. You dumb fuck. You spilled all over. His eyes dart to his father, who still hasn't broken from his conversation. What's with your boy, Johnny? he retarded or something? <laughs> Come on, boy, wake up! Jonathan finally turns to his son. That'll be all, Julian. You can go back to the living room and play. Burke snatches the bottle from his hand and Julian scurries to the exit. When the door swings open and in walks the Olympic athlete, Charlie Gotch. He looks up at the burly and strong gotch up close for the first time. His thick brown hair sharpened on his forehead into a widow's peak. Julian is frozen in place.
0: Out of the way, boy. You look like you've seen a ghost. Anyway,
1: Jonathan, going to tell you about my boy Nelly. Jake Julian watches Charlie fish sit, fish. sit right next to his father. And all Julian can do is stare at the man who... This week's deleted scene was Corporal Punishment taping promos with alcoholic EWF ring interviewer Gary King. If you're listening to the Patreon Extended Edition, I hope you enjoyed that scene. If you do not hear that scene, then you're listening to the standard wide release of Kings of the Ring. And I invite you to become a patron, since every episode of Season 4 will not only be available to you two weeks before the rest of the world, but we'll have at least one deleted scene and other scenes expanded plus access to the entire back catalog of extended edition episodes from the entire season. You can still follow the story if you don't, but the deleted scenes will definitely enhance the show. Check out the link in the show notes for how to become a patron for only a few bucks. I want to give thanks again to Cyrus Fees, RJ City, Evan Ginsberg, and the entire cast and production crew of wrestling's first audio drama series, Kings of the Rings.